This episode is powered by Voxite.com. If you are a medium to large business looking for custom web design with personalized service, visit Voxite.com, bringing businesses and brands to life on the web. My online art portfolio, print shop, and this podcast website was all designed by Voxite, so head over and check them out at V-A-U-X-I-T-E.com. Hey guys! Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start, but September is always when things pick up for me. I don't know about you guys. First of all, I love that it's starting to cool down, so that's amazing. But there's also so many events coming up. I have book signings going on. There's Art in the Park coming up at the end of September. And then October 3rd, I have my biggest solo art exhibit of the year going up downtown and it is going to be incredible. There's going to be live music and live painting and wine and events throughout the month. So I hope you guys, if you haven't already, will head over and sign up for my email newsletter because that's my invite list. And then of course, if there's ever a time to connect with me on social, this is it. You guys are not gonna regret it. It's gonna be an amazing fun-packed month. So um, all my contemporary work will be in it, like the latter series and the Socratic Dialogues, and I just can't wait to see you guys, so I hope you come out. Now, the goal for this podcast, as always, is to bring people together from all walks of life, so I'm crazy excited to introduce you to see me today. She grew up in Pakistan and came to the U.S. due to an arranged marriage. We are talking about love, and her story is so heartfelt and at times heartbreaking. Love is such a difficult topic for anyone to navigate, but when you throw in cultural expectations and religion into the mix, it gets truly complicated. Also in today's show, we did something completely new. We broadcasted this episode live on Facebook, so for a real treat, you can hop over to the YouTube recording that is in my show notes at kyamas.com. And see me does henna on both me and my daughter towards the end of the show. So even if you don't watch the whole thing through video, at least go check out the henna. I hope you guys enjoy today's show. Let me know your thoughts and enjoy. We are creatively tapping into philosophy. Okay, so here goes nothing. In a world where everyone (laughs) has a podcast. No, that is not the intro. I thought you wanted an intro that was dramatic. Go. From her art studios. (laughs) All right. This is Kristen Yamas coming to you from my art studio in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Socratic Dialogues podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Simi today. And Simi is a henna tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. I know so little about Simi's story, so I'm really excited. We're going to get into a conversation about um, her life, her experiences, and the topic of love. And we're also doing a live video. So I think that after this live video, we'll be able to save it and share it along with the yes, podcast. definitely. Yeah. So the first thing I want to ask you, okay, <laughs> and that it plays completely into that llama project and getting to know one another is Como Te Llamas. What is your name? What does your name represent? Who were you named after? And do you identify with it? So um, my name is Simi, and it's a Persian name, and it means silver. And um, as I used to feel, like even though silver is very precious, but I was treated like gold by my father. Mm. Coming from a culture, Pakistani culture, 
Islamic culture where even though like women were given rights at the time uh, when the whole world was um, in, the, in dark ages and at that time Islam was doing really good <laughs> when uh, it was uh, Muhammad introduced that Islam and the woman who he married to and she supported her was running the whole big business and she was the one who proposed Muhammad. So this is the religion that was started like this. And I was still in uh, Pakistan where it's Islamic Republic of Pakistan, where I see like how women like lucky. I'm lucky that I was really treated like gold instead. Mm -hmm. Like my name was silver, but I was treated like gold. But we have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. So I do kind of when I moved to America and it was see me like it, it sounded so narcissistic like see me see me look at me look at me <laughs> so I said no that's not me it, even though I like my name but it's not me so when I started doing henna and henna is so much in our culture that I was getting henna and doing henna in every big occasion but uh, it gave me an opportunity to have a conversation have the connection with people. And then I wanted to give the best of people, whoever is coming into my energy, mm -hmm. that somehow I wanted to uplift them. And Hannah gave me a chance to start a conversation because I got a gift. I don't know how, like, I, I feel like Cosmic Connection Galactic Expo had a big hand in it that that, that event is coming this weekend at Fairgrounds. So please come really? there because it really opens you up. So I feel like when we are connected together mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, the consciousness is on a higher level, so it does mm -hmm. something to each other. So that gave me the meaning of like my true name, like see me. So when you look into my eyes, who do you see? You see me. Yourself. Yes. So I just wanted to be the mirror That's through my, my sessions of Hannah and talking about the awesomeness that we all have so that for me, see me is when you look into my eyes, you see yourself. So I'm just a mirror. Right. So I really, now I like my name. <laughs> I love that. That is amazing because you've taken your name now and you've basically given it to everyone who you have conversations with. And, and that's my purpose. Of and living. then you see me and that's exactly. And, 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 and how I can connect in that moment when mm -hmm. I am in your presence. And that is, I feel like so important because for me, it's like my whole body is the representation of this universe in the sense that I am connected, like my whole fingers, my whole arms, my, this completes me. So nobody is stranger for me because they are part of me, like my body. Mm -hmm. So if my finger is hurting, I cannot be satisfied until it's taken care of. So if a stranger is walking on the road, even though I've learned so much fear that, oh, that's, that, that's not good if you put them in your car mm. and drop them to some place. But my heart is still hurting that I cannot help that person. So yes, we have beautiful heart in our body, beautiful face, eyes, but I'm sorry to say we have asshole too. I'm sorry <laughs> to say that word, but that has its purpose too. So mm. now my journey about love is to accept that part as well and its purpose too so everything is perfect the way it is okay yeah it's very hard to understand mm -hmm. right at where i am right now mm -hmm. but i'm working on it so basically we accept the good with the bad and yes. that all of that together creates the love 
Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for <laughs> saying that properly. <laughs> oh, I love that. And so when, how old were you when you moved to the U.S.? So I came here because of my arranged marriage. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh my that. God, that's so, so much fun because me and my brother Faraz, like we, we are nine brothers and sisters. Wow. But we two are totally crazy about love, I guess. Mm -hmm. So when he was in, like he was seven years old and he said, like, he must be mad. And he said, I want to die, but I'm not married yet. So I cannot kill myself. Like it, oh my nothing goodness. like that. He wanted to kill. He was just angry. Right. So, and I, I feel like the same thing that love for me as well was so important that coming from the culture where a good girl, good girl will have only arranged marriage. So I had saved my love for whoever I'll get married to. And when I had arranged marriage, I, I met this guy when I was getting married. So you had never had any conversations with him or interactions? No. no. Really? I, did, I remember he was coming from America because his father was dying. So I got a phone call about this. There was a death in the family and he was the one who called to our house. He was visiting America to see his dying father. And then when I, I knew that they're going to propose me. So I was so excited that he's coming from America. So he'd be talking to me. And he did not. He's like, a, he was a shy guy. And I was kind of like a little bit disappointed. Mm. But I knew that this is culture as well. So it was fine. So the really first talk I had was when we were getting married wow. on the stage. Yeah. What, what is that process? So I was lucky that my, my parent gave me a choice that this is the family who is proposing you. And uh, it was a funeral that I saw like, this is the guy in the parking lot. And I said, oh, he's in joggers. He's jumping. It looks, he looks lively. And family, <laughs> I love the family because they were all about giving and serving. Mm. And that's what I learned from my religion. <laughs> Believe me, like Islam, that's what I learned. Like the way it is portrayed now, it's not like what I, I feel like, no, that's not what it is. But yeah, that's part of it too. Mm. So yes, I, I saw that they are very giving kind. Like they will really sacrifice themselves to give so much to others. And I always had this in my mind, like this is how a good person is. And uh, he must be good too. And he, he is good. And I'm not with him anymore because I wanted to have that fantasy love that I learned from Bollywood. Don't watch Bollywood movies. <laughs> So I was like kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was very good, but I was really looking for some verbal, some like to see that love as well, not to just like, yes, you love me. So, so what was that relationship like? Once you had that first conversation at your marriage ceremony, what from there developed and how long were you married to him? 18 years. Wow. So, so I have four kids from him. Yeah. So that date was just like uh, we were supposed to have kind of a uh, like marriage. So he'll file the paperwork and it will take two years. And his father was dying. So he'll go back. Uh, he was just there for a week. So we usually we do not we talk to the whole family, but the guy we are getting married to, we don't talk to them. So it's just a stupid culture. Seriously. Yeah. So I was so afraid that he'll he'll I won't be able to talk to him because I heard he'll be leaving in a week. So I said, this is the time. And a, a girl is like a good girl won't be talking. He she'll be just literally wearing a veil on the head and will be shy and pretend that she's sad because she's leaving her family and going to another guy. But I was so happy to be ma getting married mm -hmm. with a guy. So so yeah, it was it was 
I, I did not know anything, but I had saved my love for whoever that person will be. And I loved him and I wrote poetry on him. Mm. So, yeah, that's and, and he was because he was in America. So it took him four years to apply for me and all the paperwork. And I already had two kids whenever he was coming. You are so fertile. I, guess. I swear oh. to God that I, I got I was. So pregnant. he would visit you. He had to stay in America. Yes. And then you stayed in Pakistan. Yes. And he would visit. Was that often that he would visit? No, 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 no. So first, uh, yeah, like uh, when we got married, it was just kind of like kind of paper marriage. It was nikah, like the religious marriage. So I was allowed to be with him. But culturally, if I'm not done with uh, the last reception, I cannot have any physical contact with him. Oh, okay. So and he stayed there instead of a week, he stayed there for eight months. So we were kind of like seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So it was really complicated. So there were a lot of complications. But finally, this was the reason I came to America. And I used to say like, if he was in a war zone, I wanted to be with him. Oh, because I, I loved that. him. Yes, that. And for love, I, I knew that I could do anything. So everybody else wanted to be in America. And I was very happy in Karachi, Pakistan, small place mm-hmm. there. But I knew that I wanted to be with him. So I came here after four years. And and with two children. Yes. How old were your two children? So my youngest one was baby, like 10 months old. Oh. And my older one was four years old. And leaving my loved one behind where we are such a fun loving people and uh, we are blessed that we are, we bring so much joy in people's life. Like my family, Rizvi family, I'm very proud of my family that they're very giving and caring and awesome. So well, you said they treated you like gold. Yes, which is they beautiful. Did. And they still like, I have booked my ticket for uh, Pakistan and I'm so excited that like, I'm, I'll be the queen again. <laughs> oh, so how many brothers and sisters are there? Did you have? We, I have six brothers. Six brothers. And we are three sisters. And, and are and the sisters all close? Are you all treated like gold? Or were you no, kind of the little princess? No, <laughs> I used to ask my mom, like, why did you discriminate? Oh, why really? did you love me the most? Mm. Why did you why love did me you the say? most? Yeah, why did you love me? And yeah, and how did that happen? Because she, her answer was, you were comparatively the easiest one in the family. So it was easy to show the love. So I feel like love is same as a parent, mm-hmm. but showing becomes a little bit difficult if other kids are challenging. That makes sense. I can see that it is. Yeah, it's easier to spend time with the children who are actually like behaving and receptive to yeah, to what you're doing with them. And I can see that. But but yeah, the love across all you love them all, but in different ways. Yeah. So So you must have noticed I'm very ADD. So you continuously have to bring me back to the topic. So and and guys, this this episode, we are just kind of going to wing it. We're just going through everything. Simi's going to do some henna on me, which is excellent. Excellent. I'm so excited. Every time we do a show at the JCC, Simi is there for the reception and we do some henna together. Yeah. So she's, it's not the first time, but um, it's a really interesting kind of experience. And, um, and so then, so once you got to the United States, tell me a little bit about your um, how that marriage ended, where that left you and your children and how you moved on and remarried and what your family thinks of that. Oh my God. Like seriously coming from the culture that is, I feel like three, four, it will take three, four more generations to be a little bit modern. Mm -hmm. Even though in Pakistan, there are modern families, like, but in general, I feel like it's not like when I was divorcing my husband, 
I swear I didn't have a single example of any divorce. Oh, okay. So, and he was not alcoholic. He was not a bad guy. So like, it's really hard for the community to understand like, why, why are you leaving this guy? Mm-hmm. Like he's bringing money. He's taking care of you, of you. And, but I just, I, I'm like connect with strangers right away. And there was that connection that I feel the way I wanted. I was not getting it. So on top of that, I just met Rick and it was like he hired me to do temporary art for his song, Can't Own God. And that kind of like reminded me when I was so excited meeting a girl from my denomination, okay. my sect, mm-hmm. Shia. And uh, it's like majority of uh, people in Pakistan are Sunni. So meeting that girl, oh, she's from the same denomination, same culture. So I'm so like happy. And my father said, like, why were you happy? And I said, because she's also Shia. And he said, but our religion is humanity. But still like living in a place where religion plays such a big role. Mm -hmm. I feel like I love people, but it was still Shia, Sunni and Islam and whatnot. So when I met Rick and he was he was making this beautiful song, Can't Own God. So I just like felt like my father's message has come to life again, that we share God. We love each other in the name of God. So that was really important for me. So what was your question again? Yeah. So um, how did you end up leaving your arranged marriage? So that's like, uh, first of all, I knew that love is so powerful that I can do anything for love. Mm -hmm. So when um, later on, I came to know that he was kind of like he I'm open like I talk about my stuff all the time no filters at all so (laughs) he realized that I'm not happy with my in my marriage so what I thought like he's saying like I want to have life with you that's like for me it's like oh you want to marry me (laughs) because I was so naive that like this is how we pursue that you you are you're showing anything it means like you have to marry me and uh, later on we came to know like no this was not the thing (laughs) So he just wanted to know, like, if I'm interested, I say, how can I be? Because I'm still married to a guy. Right. And I, uh, but I knew that whatever it will take. And I thought it will be so easy because we don't have any connection. So I told, told my husband, ex-husband that, you know, like I was leaving last year and you said you will change. And when I said, okay, like you will change and it, it didn't, nothing happened. So mm-hmm. I was leaving at that time. Now I feel I have a good reason. Yeah. So just give me divorce because in Islam, it's so easy that men can like, like give divorce without going through all the legal thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'll tell him, I'll, I'll really live in La La Land. I'll tell him and he'll say, yeah, because we don't have relationships. So yeah, I'll divorce you. It's so easy. No, it was not easy. Oh, really? He said, no, like I, he used to say like, I have to hide my dead body because if you'll know that where I am, you'll come into my, into my grave. Like he, like, this is how much I love him. Really? But it was so long that I was just waiting to be loved the way I wanted to receive love. And I didn't see that. So it doesn't mean he didn't love me. It's just mm-hmm. the way I wanted to see it. So you were giving him love almost the way, the way you want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, that's something I think we all experience, yeah. that we do things that we wish were done for us. Yeah. And then we realize that's not really what they want. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that it's what we want. Yeah. yeah. So, but it took, a, I had to have a lot of courage. And believe me, Abraham Hicks, 
law of attraction, all those things, and and uh, living in a place where they had motivational speakers. First time when I met, I saw that like motivational speaking. I, I felt like something changed in me, and uh, it was more about like kind of taking care of yourself to take care of others. Because Islam taught me that the way I learned it, sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. You're good if you are really sacrificing yourself for others. But then I was I was watching that I'm not there for my kids as well. And mm-hmm. um, marriage is from the culture I come from. You stay in marriage for your kids. But for what? And if I'm not even there with my kids, I'm just so depressed in this marriage. Right. So I learned through those motivational speakers that you have to have oxygen for yourself to save even your kids. Mm. So for me, Rick was my oxygen. Mm. And that's another thing that I'm learning in this relationship that I was so codependent, Mm. thinking like that, that he was my oxygen. That's true. So that's where you started with marriage with your first husband. And then you did go into that, that thinking with your second. Yes. And then, so were you listening to like, was it on TV or audio or did you go to? to... So I was living uh, in, in a housing where they have special speakers to come. Oh, so that was the first time I, I heard. And then I was like, oh, what was that? How can I find it more? Mm-hmm. So I was just like on YouTube. Luckily, it was new at that time, I guess. So I was just, I started listening to all these motivational speakers, Wayne Dyer and uh, Tony Brown and all those people. So, and and then I uh, stumbled on Ibrahim Hicks. It was like all what, it's like, we are responsible. And that was not where I, no, 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 I'm not responsible. How can I be responsible? Because the culture I come from, women is so submissive that the good woman will just listen to others. They, I, even though my father encouraged me and my mom always like took care of me like that, but still the culture around me, a good woman will be submissive and listen to others. So this is the first time I'm hearing that you can actually think for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like um, uh, you are responsible. And I'm saying, no, I'm not responsible because everybody else was responsible for me. Literally like they paid for my education till master's degree. Wow. It was first my father taking care of me. My brothers took care of me. When my father died, my husband, ex-husband took care of me financially and otherwise too. Mm -hmm. So I was really not responsible. Mm -hmm. So if I was not responsible for anything, then how how am I responsible for any emotions of myself as well? So this was like eye-opening for me that, oh, I'm responsible. So whatever I am thinking, I'm creating that. So I created my failure marriage or I created whatever I created so that was I like I'm still struggling with that like okay I I don't want to create anything that I don't want to see in my world right that's true we do create the good and the bad as well yeah through our actions and our even just our feelings in general and the way we show love and experience love so how was this for your children when you were finally able to leave your husband did you then um, get married immediately to Rick? Oh, yes. Was right? I, that was like must. Like my kids used to tell me like, to us, like when we used to fight my my first marriage, that have you guys heard about divorce? Really? So they were yes. encouraging of it. And how were, old were they at the time? So the oldest one was in ninth grade at that time. Okay. No, no. Like he was he was 17. 
And um, when I was leaving a, a year earlier, so he kind of emotionally blackmailed me that, Mama, it's like 18 years of commitment. You cannot just leave me. I was, mo- I was thinking to move to Clarksville, mm-hmm. take my two younger kids because these older kids were kind of like men from the culture who are very powerful. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was not a firm mom anyways. I never decided anything for myself. So how can I give the firmness and structure and discipline to my kids when I really did not know how to make any decision in my life. So it's not their fault that they were not listening to me because I did not have in me to have demand that from them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do a good job in parenting them. (laughs) And I was living with all the guilt for years and years and years. And I was crying so much that like, I'm not there for my kids the way I wanted to be. So your husband was more the one that made the rules and disciplined them and set the structure for them or was supposed it the to be supposed to be culturally, but yeah. he was kind of like he was dealing with his own issues mm-hmm. and he was not there at all because uh, he was workaholic. So he was finding escape in, in his, his work. I was finding escape in my own La La Land. So actually, practically, there was not nobody there for the kids. Mm-hmm. So when um, my son told me that, oh, it's 18 years of commitment. So I felt like at that time, I felt like I cannot leave. I, can, I, I, I felt kind of stuck as well at that point mm-hmm. that I cannot give much to my older two kids who are so strong men young men. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to save my younger two kids from that negative environment. But at the same time, my son, my oldest one, Minhal, was really like a father in the house since 11, when he was 11, because father was gone and Mm -hmm. mother was just trying to uh, just find their way coming from a different country, culture, uh, so much uh, family around and nobody around here. So it was so much to deal with, Mm -hmm. so much love that I felt in my country with strangers and uh, here just trying to find like love for myself, love to my, love myself, mm-hmm. give love to kids and just finding love language that I did not know how to use it for my kids, for my relationship. So uh, when he told me that you cannot go. So I, I th- that night, I, I feel like I had near death experience. Really? Like I was. The I night was, you actually left him? I was I was thinking to leave and take my two younger kids because my son was playing all these big video games on a big screen and I wanted him to come down from his room and start playing in living room and kind of I I kind of said like you can do whatever you want to do in the living room but when I saw that he's playing games who like the big screen has all the blood coming Mm. and my other two younger kids were still very young so I said, no, you cannot play these games in front of them. So no, they, they don't know the no from me. So it was too much for him. So the way he was strong as a father, it was hard for him to take a no. So I felt like I'm at the place where I cannot do anything for my older kids. So I'll take my younger two kids and move to another place where I can find myself and be there for my kids. Didn't occur to me that I can divorce my husband at that time. Oh, so you were just trying to get away. Yes. And then he said, like, I'll change and I'll be Mm -hmm. the way you want to want me to be. And it didn't happen. So, uh, so yeah, that's how things were going on. Mm -hmm. And then that day or night that you actually did leave, did you move to Clarksville or did you move to where Rick was? No, later, one year later, I I met Rick. And uh, when I realized that I want to be with him because he, I saw 
the taste of love that I was looking for all my life. Mm. So I knew it won't be an easy path because divorcing my husband and have the stigma that like you are a bad woman because you were in a relationship, you were married mm. and you, how can you do that? And I didn't care about anything. I just knew that my heart is seeing that love that I wanted to experience. And I really, I was very naive. If, if Rick was a guy who would have used me, mm. I would have like really totally spoiled my life, like wrecked my life. Wow. But I trusted him and he happened to be really a good guy. <laughs> but I think the honest. most important thing for me at that time was mm-hmm. as well that how is he with kids? Okay, because, so have you met your younger yes. two or all of your kids? Yes, younger two especially because these were the one I really like younger three. Like my third son was also not too old, but he was still teenager. So when I saw him, like the way he was so involved with the kids, I said, yes, I want this guy in my life for my kids, for me. So, yeah, that's how. Yeah. So, um, and then with Rick. So let's talk about that kind of love. Um, Now that you've had an opportunity to have both the arranged marriage love and that romantic love, that chosen love, um, what is that kind of a relationship like for you? What is, is love, does love still mean the same to you? Oh my God. It's so awesome. It's so awesome that it's literally whatever I was missing in my first relationship was there in my second relationship. But I, I feel was good in that relationship, like money wise. I didn't have to worry about money when I was with Pakistani guy, because mm-hmm. I'm luckily from that small pocket that women are really taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my ex-husband was like, whatever was his was mine financially. So here I'm, I'm entering into a relationship where Rick is saying that I love you, but you're responsible for your kids. I'll do whatever I'll do. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, no, my Bollywood love <laughs> means that you, you do everything for me. You, you take care of my kids too, financially in every way. So it was, it was really like eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. but uh, it, the, the love itself, I knew the purity. I was feeling the purity of love mm-hmm. that, okay, I, I learn, I learn. So uh, he offered me like, you can move with me. And I said, no, because culturally and religiously, I have to marry you first. <laughs> and then only I can move with you. I cannot just start living. He said, oh, I, I have my condo. You'll be you'll be fine. I said, no, because my kids are still going to the culture and religious place, even though my heart was really, it didn't care about anything. Mm-hmm. It knew the love, but I still had to take care of my sister who was living in Canada that what, what will their in-laws, they live together. How will it affect them? So I do have to have marriage, at least religious marriage. So, so you still felt responsible to be true to your religion and your yes. culture, even though you were essentially leaving it. Yes. You had that in you still. Yes. Because my kids were still going to the mosque. And unfortunately, religion is a lot of judgment. Mm-hmm. So I knew that they'll be judged, like, like really judged by all this. And my sister's marriages will be affected. Because they will be answering, oh, yes, your sister has moved into a, with a guy without getting married. So you were protecting them despite your own <laughs> desires. That was, that's your, your feeling of needing to sacrifice it's, yourself. It, doesn't, it didn't even look like sacrifice because that's so much part of our 
life like living like this that no that's nothing sacrifice that's what you do and do you think too i mean your love for your kids and your sister and wanting to protect them that love mm -hmm. did overpower your love and your your desire to fulfill whatever it is you wanted to do kind of a, a reckless fulfillment of that mm -hmm. you still had so much love for them that you were willing to and i i decided sure. i i didn't have any money because um i was taken care of i had master's degree but i was not using it because i wanted to be with my kids so i did few things here and there but mm, i didn't know like how to survive so the house renter property was income based when we and and that that also was because of love because my ex-husband's brother wanted to move here and he wanted to he he doesn't show love to his family too but he loves them so he he was thinking that when they'll come he'll give him them place to live mm -hmm. so i applied for income based family so i said when they'll come so he'll take care of them financially so we'll move into income based family so we now we have this place where i would have got the place kicked him out and and like rick was telling me that you you should be with your kids and kick him out because that's that makes sense and i said no because he's not a bad guy if i'll kick him out he might commit suicide because he, he was a depressed person oh, anyways no. so i said no i cannot do that but i did not know what to do so mm -hmm. i ended up in going to shelter for two months wow. I with lived your in, children i took my i took my two children but then i i realized that no their father is good father so it's 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 so okay that i'll leave the kids there because mm -hmm. this is not the place where i want my kids yeah. so i was i was living there and i was doing henna parties for all the women over there. really in the shelter <laughs> yes oh and God. having bollywood dance with oh. them so it was i i found so, i learned so much from the shelter were there any people in the shelter with you that were your um same cultural no, relationship so you were completely disconnected through yes. your, with your culture yes i had to because i was the one who started religious denominational gathering sunday school in nashville oh. having the craving that the intimacy the I, and now i understand it was not the religious part it was the intimacy of smaller groups and the connection that we had growing up for two months and one week we are seeing each other almost everyday basis learning so much about giving caring and serving food and i was told like when you are serving food don't bring it to your family because that's that's considered being selfish like you are serving your family mm -hmm. serve everyone else but that's what i learned don't really take care so much about your family that's selfish and i'm i'm learning that like no you have to take care of yourself and your family then everyone else oh, wow yeah so then two months in the shelter and from there where did you go did you finally so, get your divorce um i it took us a, uh, it took me a year to get divorced okay and i thought like uh, i'm such a bad woman that i don't deserve my kids so uh the culture and the religion will take side of my husband that they should be with them and and i think that the sad part was that uh islamic uh, like we had diversity from indonesia from malaysia from iraq iran pakistan india and i asked them like uh, i want my kids and uh, what do you think and not a single person 
said that they should be with you really? because I am I'm the bad woman who is leaving the husband and got into the relationship so it was I, I was convinced that I'm bad so Rick was saying like so you don't care about your kids I said no I'll, I'll be happy I'll be going to them every day and take care of them and my ex-sister-in-law was come left like this is love in our culture she left her home in California and came here to make it easy for her brother to go through divorce for a month she was here and I was serving her and I loved her and I love I love my in-laws very much mm -hmm. ex-in-laws because they are the one who are giving and caring <laughs> so it's just amazing how love is so powerful that I, I got that love from them when they were when she was living and she asked me so see me you'll be just picking up the kids from school and um be with them i used to like pick my kids and be at the park so they have some activities uh, before we come home mm -hmm. and then i said like yeah because i'll be so happy with the love i'm going to get in my life from rick that i'll be so much more available for them so she said, so what life will you have with Rick? I didn't even think about that. Oh. I just knew that I have love from Rick. And Rick is on the other hand saying, see me, they're your kids. If you love them, you have to fight for them. And the movies I saw Bollywood, like it's so much trauma for the kids if they are going in front of like fighting, fighting for mm -hmm. anything. I, I was not a fighter. I was not a fighter. So I said, no, I love them and I'll be there, but I cannot fight. And he said, no, you have to fight for your kids. If you love your kids, you have to fight for them. And he made, he gave me so much power to fight for them. So now I have half of the custody oh, because of Rick. Good. That's wonderful. <laughs> so love is, is the key for me in my life. Love is the key. And finding that. Yeah. But no, now I'm learning about healthy love because I, you were talking about what's the difference between that love and this love. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's like the difference of night and day. And every, every difference that you think is there. Like in my first marriage, it was, it was same language, same religion, same denomination same city same everything but there was no connection and here language is different culture is different he's white he is jewish background and i'm muslim like that's so much good like oh my god everything you can imagine the difference it's there and we both were so codependent we learned from our love relationship that how much broken we were mm -hmm. and every day we are finding our strength through this love mm -hmm. that like I learned all the jargons of like codependency and love addiction everything from this mm -hmm. relationship wow. and just understanding that wow this is what we were going through and mm -hmm. healing going through that healing mm -hmm. understanding that no I am enough for myself so that's that's the beauty of this relationship yeah. It's tough though. It's very tough because it we is. intensely love each other. We are very dense people. So we're going to take one short break here. And so I'm going to pause this for a moment on Facebook Live to make sure our recordings come. And here. I'm if sorry. Not, and I'm sorry. I I didn't get a chance. Like there's so many people mm -hmm. with so many comments. I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance to know, answer hi, that. Everybody. Hi everybody. Thank Hello. You for joining us. Thank you. And right, we'll be back. Pause. We'll be right back.
Okay, yeah, we're we'll back. back again. We are back. <laughs> so um, we're really excited now because Simi is going to do henna on me. And tell me a little bit before we get started, what is it about henna? Have you been doing henna for your entire life? And tell me kind of some of the tradition and symbolism of the henna tattoo. So henna is like a big part of our culture. Uh, any celebration, any holiday, like there is henna. Okay. At least like when I was in Pakistan, mm -hmm. it was like that. somebody's getting married, like bride is of course getting henna all over her arms and legs and uh, all the bridemaids are getting henna, all the girls, relatives, everybody's getting henna. So whole day was so much fun because at that time when we are doing henna on each other or we'll hire somebody to do henna, and uh, at that time we are singing songs and the bride is getting massage and it was beautiful, beautiful. Mm. So yes, Hannah is a big part of a culture. And I, I opened my eyes. I was living with extended family. So my cousins were doing Hannah already. Mm -hmm. uh, I started inviting my neighbors and started doing Hannah on them. So it was always very special because it will incorporate people anyways. Mm -hmm. And um, when I, I never had any experience with henna reading okay because there was no such thing so there's a difference so with in pakistan the cultural the marriage henna and all the 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 events basically that you did henna at or people did henna at was there there wasn't a reading involved not it was all. just an art form yes okay so was there any symbolism um, associated not when it? i was growing up at all when i did henna here so some uh, bridal weddings they wanted to incorporate their gods and goddesses into it so it was very meaningful for them uh hindu religion that they were incorporating henna okay. and then i learned that, like their tribal henna so they, they like i ank so those were very meaningful. Okay, yeah. And I feel like maybe they wanted, instead of permanent tattoo, they wanted henna tattoo so they can have something on them, but that was very meaningful for them. Okay. But when I started doing henna at Cosmic Connection, the place, uh, a very spiritual place where they sell all stones and sage. And I was surprised when I went there, like, oh, I thought it's only in Pakistan or underdeveloped countries where we believe in these things but it was so cool that that store had all those and then they had readers and mediums and mm -hmm. so voodoo whatever like all those things so it was kind of like I did not know what to do but I was just I was just trying to do henna so I did henna and then they had this big galactic expo where all these mediums and spiritual healers and reflexology and all alternative healing were under one roof so i was feeling so inadequate like i'm just doing henna and i i'm not offering anything more than that so when i did henna on a girl like looking at me uh mm -hmm. people will say where are you originally from she was just white american girl and i'm doing henna on her and i felt like it looks so oriental i didn't even know the difference between chinese and japanese writing mm -hmm. but it was like so jap like it came out from my mouth it looks so japanese even the art was not Indian traditional that I used to do. It was somehow Japanese art. Mm. So she was a shy girl. She went away and then her mom stopped by my booth. And she said, I just wanted to let you know that we adopted her from Japan. 
and she's learning Japanese this really? year. And we are trying to get connected with biological parents that are still in Japan. Mm-hmm. So that gave me something that like, and I feel like Galactic Expo is such a powerful place where there's so much positive energy to serve and give, mm-hmm. even though they're charging because they have to pay bills. But the, the truth of purity of service is there. Mm-hmm. And just to bring that person on another level that is coming into the booth, that's, that's what I found there. Mm-hmm. So that opened up for me like to, to understand that, oh, I, I can do something more for people, uplift them through my session of Hannah, talk about the awesomeness that I feel everybody has anyways. Right. Yeah. So my Hannah, I feel, is, is a gift for me to see gifts in people when however Hannah is coming out, mm-hmm. how the designs are coming out. So I sometimes I kind of get confused, like, am I on the right track? Like I'm confirming from people that is it does it relate to you? And luckily somehow like 99.9% of the time people say you're right on and I say how I don't even know so that's that's just like a blessing for me to see awesomeness in people through these sessions that I'm doing and to communicate with them both through like the verbal storytelling and talking and speaking you do with us and then also the art itself you've put you've done Hannah on all three of my girls and you and you can sense energy. And you've since now, you've actually converted to Judaism, correct? No, no, or no, no, no. No, okay. So no. you're just married to someone who is Jewish. Yeah, I've become and, spiritual and I understood you. the difference between religion and spirituality. Okay. So, so you never actually converted, no. but you, um, so you kind of just encompass it all in your lifestyle yes. now yes. with your children. And are your children at all interested they, in any I, other I feel like, No, I mm. feel that's so awesome. And mm. I used to give so much importance to religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I feel like spirituality is the best because it it does not divide people. Mm-hmm. It just brings everybody close. And spirituality for me is coming close to your own spirit. So the Jewish thing that I learned, I am that I am, mm-hmm. is so powerful for me because law of attraction, what am I thinking about? If I'm thinking that you are bad, it means I am bad. If they, I think you are awesome, I am awesome. And I'm seeing so much more awesomeness in my life because mm-hmm. I am meeting awesome people mm-hmm. like you, seriously. <laughs> so young and awesome that they are serving like you're serving and in bringing so much love and expanding that love. That's that's the main purpose of our, our, of our uh, us being here, I feel. I love that. So mm-hmm. Hannah gives me a chance to see that awesomeness mm-hmm. in you. No, oh, and I see it in you as well. Thank and like you. I said, you can sense energy. And I've always loved just kind of that interaction with people when that's what you're doing through your art. So yes. I say, usually I ask people, you know, what in their lives, what art or, you know, visual things that um, feel they connect with. But for you, obviously, it's Hannah. And yes. so we're going to do Hannah. And that's why I said like, mm-hmm. oh, that would be so wonderful yes, that I'll perfect. be doing art on you. So that's mm-hmm. that will be the thing. And on top of that, I feel like um, let's let's see what comes on. Okay. And does it matter which hand you usually no. do or anything? So usually it's just a matter of anything. Let me yeah. see if we can. Okay, so yeah. let's do some little. See how thick it's coming. So when mm-hmm. it's like coming thick, I feel like that person is very courageous. Mm. <laughs> so I think you are, and I see how much work you have done. And and I think the good part when you were doing your TED talk that art should be touched 
So you can touch your own art that is on you. So that's really another good thing that I have learned through your TED Talk that how important it is to touch that art. Mm -hmm. So the design, this is is very traditional design. Mm -hmm. So, and this is just the start. So when it's just traditional, I feel that person is still following a lot of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. So, and I see how different she is. So this is not the complete story, but you do incorporate a lot of rules, like kind of still some culture, some of your background that is very dear to you. So not fully uh, implementing what your heart is wanting, mm. but caring still about a lot of other things. <laughs> and um another thing when it's like like this i feel like a person is very giving so somehow this this reminds me of of somehow sun like round and Mm -hmm. something coming out so i feel like uh, the way you give is not just by giving five dollars a person can eat something you'll give something that is long lasting Mm. so your support i I think so because love is long lasting Mm. yeah so but still again i'm seeing a lot of culture Mm. and that's not a bad thing is very important to me so you are yeah you are right on track there and it's good Mm. like when you're incorporating good part of culture religion Mm -hmm. because those were to help us Right, and guide us. Yeah, but not getting lost and, and dividing because they, oh, I'm going to follow my culture and your culture is bad. That's where the trouble is, right? Mm-hmm. When it's just love and incorporating that, that's really good. And the judgment that, like yes. you said, comes, it, there's a difference between, you know, being spiritual and being um, in a religion that there a lot of judgments passed on any other. Yes, that's, that's really, that's where we have to work on. Mm -hmm. And my kids, I feel like whatever I did because of my love for Rick Mm -hmm. gave the best thing is that they are not religious anymore. Mm -hmm. They see the good parts of everything, every religion or culture or whatever. They're very open. Mm -hmm. So I used to wonder, like, why God, why did you send me to America? Because I was just so happy in Karachi, Pakistan. Mm. It's a developing country and it has so many issues, but I had so much love there. I was very happy. And when I met Rick, I said, oh, that's the reason. Mm. That's the first time I felt like I, this is the reason I am here. Well, both you and your children have had an entirely different life because of that shift yes. and that was your courage that made that possible as well and, and love gives you courage love gives you a lot of courage i see i see a lot of courage in you and i see that that's like I, i'm surprised like how can you do so much in your life when you're mm-hmm. so young and you have little kids mm-hmm. and family and responsibilities and you're going all over the u.s like traveling and taking this message of love to so many different places that's really awesome and and imagine even this Hannah, all this Hannah is really very traditional. It's so beautiful. what what uh, what I am waiting for when I see this kind of Hannah, mm-hmm. I say like, what like your own awesomeness is still needs to come out. 
so you are you you're bringing awesomeness but it's it's not your true awesomeness so what will be like i see like That's how different things you are yeah so many different things you're doing mm-hmm. but still it's not you mm-hmm. so where where are you mm-hmm. and and when you will be you that will be true spirituality because you'll be weird you'll be different you'll be like <laughs> hard for others to digest oh. that's where your you have courage but that will be another level of courage that you are accepting yourself as you are the god that is in you that will be another level of serving because that's the reason i feel and i might be totally wrong that that's why we are here to be awesome us not mm-hmm. the definition of good from the culture from religion mm-hmm. from wherever we are coming from and this is amazing that i've seen like so much awesomeness and so much diff- so many different things that you are doing and still my hana is saying she is not even 20% of who she is no. so there's so much more to come it means that's interesting and my that's hana session and my hana sessions is about bringing that mm-hmm. out if i am from pakistan and i am i'm i'm not fully out because i still care about a lot of things like mm-hmm. the way i'm seeing you but at least i can give it to others whoever can right. use it that's great yeah but i see like the flow is so amazing because sometimes hana won't come out mm-hmm. and your flow is so positive so it kind of paves its own way wherever your heart is allowing you to go mm-hmm. you're not fully allowing yourself mm-hmm. to go where you want to go maybe you're not even aware like where your heart is desiring to go mm-hmm. but wherever you're going it's it's very smooth it's very gentle it's very beautiful mm-hmm. because you are doing it from purity of your heart mm-hmm. it reminds me of something that the religion i was practicing our shiaism has the part that we beat our chest uh huh and when i was beating my chest i was encouraging others to beat it harder <laughs> so i was the cheerleader but yeah. i was i wanted people to do their best for whatever they were doing so now i'm like oh my god this is what i was doing <laughs> <laughs> this is true so yeah. i i see that you are doing whatever you are doing you are doing it from your heart and that means a lot and it flourishes so much so quickly because purity is there and whenever there's a combination of purity and service i feel the path becomes so much easy like you get so much more you don't even like you might not be expecting that you'll be on ted talks or you'll be in this like your art mm-hmm. will be on these buses but it might have just happened because i feel when you're giving when you're pure it finds its way mm-hmm. so your higher self is connected to yourself then it's just easy okay. so that's the ease what i want to give to people through my session on well, it's interesting that you say you you know feel that you're a cheerleader because that is something that i've always taken on a role of to cheerlead for people to follow their dreams and to really um create the life that gives them the most fulfillment and so i can definitely see where you took you've taken that on with your henna as well 
I didn't even know anything because we don't have mm -hmm. cheerleading in, in our schools or in our mm -hmm. colleges and um, women kind of cheering up another person. Yeah, encouragement totally, yeah and, that's yeah. not cool. But I'm proud that if, if this is who I was, I'm mm -hmm. proud that I was doing it. Not proud like because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Well, if you came from a culture that there's, I mean, your job is to be quiet and listen and really kind of be taken care of, there would be no need to become that, take on that cheerleader role where you'd be true. encouraging others to do more. But I did feel that growing up, there were a lot of negativity from different places. Mm. So I, I felt so many times that I was not fully accepted in certain mm -hmm. places. So I wanted to make sure that I will be the person who will accept the person who's not accepted. The, especially the weird one, the one who uh, uh, like people don't like them. Mm -hmm. So this is my, my whole being on this earth is to make that easy for those people who feel that they're not accepted, not understood. Mm -hmm. And Hannah gives me that opportunity. This is, this is the finished piece of Hannah. But I do, in my next session, I do want to see you because I'm not fully, you are not even, you're not even here. And I know like how much you have done and, and when it will be totally you, what will it be like? That, that's an awesomeness. That's, that's what I'm waiting for. Well, see, we don't know what is to come yet. Yeah. Is, it's just the beginning, I guess. Which yes. I wonder too, if that takes on a role of the fact that, I mean, right now my children are starting to get a little bit yes, older yes. and we do take a very like selfless approach to parenting when we're constantly giving and sacrificing and then being there for family and making sure we are following the rules. I think when we're young, we feel more of the pressure to make sure we're fitting in in society, yes, definitely. which I told my husband once, um, and this is, you know, totally going off of the off track a little on the love topic. But I remember telling him that when I see artists who are really bold with their wardrobe and their hair and their, you know, and they look like creatives, mm -hmm. my entire goal was always to fit in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I'm from, seeing in Hannah. That's, and so it's so interesting that you brought that up because from a very young age, even though I had this crazy creativity, I tried to fit into any type of an environment that, you know, where I would kind of blended mm -hmm. and be and everyone was like you painted that you don't look like an artist and I was like that's because I work so hard mm -hmm. to be you know quote unquote normal yes. but and, and accepted in society and so I wonder if now that I because I think it's come out more in my 30s where you do kind of start to take ownership of yourself and say this is me take me as I am and you kind of you know let everything else fall away so I'm excited. So the butterfly is coming out. I wonder. <laughs> yes, I'm really excited. Then, if if I can, if I can break through and and express that in a more. But I'm seeing still way. love. Like you still love uh, other people. You I care do. about them. Mm -hmm. But it is at the, at your cost. We don't even realize it as a as a woman. Like it is. We are sacrificing ourselves for that. Right. So that that's again one another thing that love is good, but self love is the love most. Love is it is it's difficult because you do if you it's almost if if you feel too much all the time and like you said about not being able to let someone into your car. Mm -hmm. So if you come across someone who's hurting and you want to help them, if you can't help them, that leaves a kind of a 
pain in you that yeah. stays. Yeah. So how do we cope with that yeah. if we are so emotionally connected yeah. to everyone? And that's been a difficult thing. I think in, in not just in your own children and the fact that you have all this guilt and everything, because yes. I have that too. Oh my God, Every yes. time, I mean, my husband right now is taking care of our youngest yeah. so that we can have this conversation. Yeah. And I've had that, that question of, am I being too selfish? Yeah. Should I not be pursuing so much with my work because this is what Hannah's saying that <laughs> still still you are thinking and and it's good like mm -hmm. to think about others but then uh, we are in America where uh, women and men are shoulder to shoulder with each mm -hmm. other we and try. still <laughs> and still like like still it looks like it's your responsibility to take mm -hmm. care of kids it's your responsibility it and keep the house yes and, still yes. your responsibility and, but then also have a job and make money yes. and be contributing to yes. society yes. and leaving something behind that helps society when mm -hmm. you are gone. All that connection. And of course your kids are your kids, your family mm -hmm. is important, but truly what I'm feeling that I'm feeling in me, like we are on the same wavelength yeah. and our, we are bringing these things in our life, manifesting mm -hmm. this because our soul is really desiring that this is not the only connection. Mm -hmm. And we, the way we, have learned in this world is your responsibilities for your family. You're a bad mom if you're just ignoring them and doing this. It is so hard. Yeah. That's where I feel like this is what I, but when you don't listen to yourself, you are killing yourself inside little by little. Mm -hmm. And when you are not living your full potential, then you cannot give anything to your kids. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that your self-love is so important because you'll be you beautiful you the reason you're here is to be beautiful you when you'll be beautiful you and i'm just these are just the words i'm not practicing it no. <laughs> i'm just preaching it it's, it's always easier <laughs> yes to, yes to but that's why yeah. these these conversations are so important are. because mm -hmm. our kids will learn from what you are doing mm -hmm. the change that you are bringing in their life through giving what your soul is seeking to give Mm -hmm. meeting your own higher self is through the giving that you want to give the way you want to give not as a good mom the culture or religion or whatever has put in our head mm -hmm. that this is how good mom looks like and you're not fitting into that picture so you are a bad mom you should be guilty right. about it that's what we have to give each other the love mm -hmm. that no non-judgment yes mm -hmm. yes and and we should be fine that you are doing your soul work right now. You are doing. And I truly believe that this is what you're doing, your soul work. What could be the best gift for your kids than to be yourself and doing your soul work mm -hmm. that they will learn, oh, my mom was able to do it. So I can definitely do my soul work. Mm -hmm. So no guilt, just celebration. Oh, I love that. This has been such a wonderful talk. Amy, I'm so glad you came out today Thank and you so much. just hearing your story and sharing it and the empowerment that you, I think, are giving to all women everywhere and just everyone throughout humanity, just especially that. to men, because seriously, we, yeah. women, as a woman, there's an advantage because we are supposed to be secondary, secondary mm. class, like second class citizen. <laughs> so we don't, we don't have that, like we have to be perfect. In a way, like there are women who wants to be perfect and that's mm -hmm. good. There's no perfection. I don't believe in perfection anyways. We're but <laughs> but men, men have a totally different, like when I do Hannah on men, mm -hmm. first of all, like it's usually corporate event when women are getting Hannah and they kind of push men like, go, go get Hannah. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing reading on them, 
and sometimes when they are crying that's the best moment that you know you are allowed to be human mm -hmm. you can cry you can have emotion yes that's, right. that's such a beautiful thing that when they know about themselves and uh -huh. they they like like they are hesitant to accept it because uh -huh. they have to be the coolest not the coolest they have to be the strongest mm -hmm. And at that moment, yeah. they don't have to be strong. So they, they have, have that to... stereotype on them just as yes. equally as we have it. Yes. The, the responsibility yes. to be the ones providing for their family yes, and taking definitely. care of the family and, and the pressure that goes along with that. Yeah, that's yes. very, that's very insightful. Yeah. So before you leave, I know that Vivi came out here and yes. she wanted, do you want to keep our video rolling for a minute sure. while you do a little video or yeah. a little Hanan yeah, and let her have yes. Okay, so we're going to yes. grab. I'll continue when you bring, yeah, bring the beautiful girl. Yeah, grab little one. Yes. I, I hope like you guys have got a little bit from my story to help you in your journey because this is my main uh, reason that I feel I'm having this spiritual journey while having a human experience and i have a beautiful girl here that i'll be doing henna on hello fisher i did henna on you look at the nails colorful beautiful nails today let's see if your henna is different than your mom's henna i feel she must have given you like we want to give our kids much more than what we have right so I want to see if she has got, I, I know the way you were dancing. It was so cute. So it looks like it's still traditional. They, they, she is very young too, so that's okay. And, but you have a lot of power. I can see that. And you're very smart. She has a lot of wisdom. Pants. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you learn um, any of the designs? Is it just in upbringing or do you, did you get trained by anyone too to do the, the mm. or is it just all? Just all culture upbringing and I, I loved Hannah as a kid as well. So my love for Hannah. I feel you're getting so strong every day. And it looks like you're keeping good balance as much as you can keep as a kid. What do you think of it? Huh? Cool. Cool. Let's tell everyone too, for, for my listeners, how long we should leave this on to dry. Uh -huh. Best way to preserve your henna. So, this is the dark paste of leaf, and it's very healthy as well. A lot of health benefits. I was surprised. So, leave it on as long as possible. I sometimes wrap my dry henna and put it in a, a plastic saran wrap so the body heat is trapped so it gives it keeps it moist and the more it is on your skin the better is the color so leave it on as long as possible and it takes about 30 minutes to dry once it's dry you don't wash it just rub it off from your skin and it gives no color first day but it takes two days to show the color 
And um, if we do it on um, fingers, since we wash our hands so much, it won't stay for more than five days, but any other place, it could be there for up to two weeks. So this is Roshana. You're welcome. Enjoy your henna. Thank you so much. And don't bonk it, okay? Let it dry nicely. So we're going to sign off. Mm -hmm. I think. You got a big I did get a big henna. Do you see? You want to show ours to the, <gasps> the camera? Let's show our, our henna. Yay. Oh, both of them have been All right. So thank you all for listening and viewing today. This was really neat. We've never done a, a live video mm -hmm. during one of the podcast episodes. So I'm so glad that everyone joined us today and all of your friends on your Facebook will share this also on mine. Yeah. And so this will be a great just kind of. A and I come for your parties, get togethers. And uh, when reading is going on among friends, it's so much more fun yes. because then they can say, oh, yeah, she is like this. That that's, that's a lot of lot more fun. So in the audio of this, we're going to yeah. okay, oh, go yeah. on in the kitchen and we'll come give you a snack in one moment. So for all of my listeners, um, tell everyone real quick where we can find you and book any parties and stuff like that. So uh, as you see, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. So you can call me area code 609-576-1477. And I'm always excited to come for your party or you can come to my home studio so I can do Hannah on you and your friends or just a party, corporate event, anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And what's your Facebook account for everyone? Um, uh, see me's henna body art see me's henna's body henna body art yeah, awesome yeah. all right and we'll share that also in our show notes so everyone will find that there thank you thank so much you it was so, so much wonderful. fun <laughs> okay so there is a lot to digest in this episode there is so much love in see me and she really opened up to us so i can't thank her enough in addition there were some crazy changes that took place within me after we talked Simi had mentioned that there is a lot that I don't let out, and I agree, she's actually completely right. But for the past 11 years, I've been a mom first and put a lot of my personal passion aside to raise them the best that I can. So that said, shortly after we recorded this, all three of my kids went off to school and the baby started kindergarten. So for the first time in 11 years, I have an uninterrupted block of time to myself to think and create without any guilt of feeling selfish or having to pay for a babysitter. So it in turn has freed up so much more inside of me that I didn't realize I was hiding. So I just wanted to let you know because um, after this episode, I really had some thinking to do and started seeing things come out of me that you guys are going to start seeing in more of my work coming up. And of course, I'm going to have so much more time to continue um, this podcast and reaching out to some really amazing guests. So stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, just wanted to let you know it's about to get real. Thank you again to see me and I hope everyone has a wonderful day.